the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When Christ walked the earth, he didn't simply heal people. He loved them, counseled them, and he transformed them physically, mentally, and spiritually. The power of Christ to transform lives is the most powerful force in the universe. If there is something profound missing in your life, or if you want to learn more about leading people to Christ, the transformative power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor John Allworth on the transformative power of Christ coming to you live from KKHT this afternoon at 530. You know, it is a blessing to be here and to be able to um, hopefully bring you a biblical message that speaks into your heart. And, um, I, you know, I hope you're being careful out there. I almost didn't make it here because of the Houston traffic. Uh, I walked in about five minutes before we started this broadcast and, uh, it, you know, I just need to catch my breath, but it's good to be here. And I, I'm going to talk today, you know, as we head into this Thanksgiving season, uh, it's been a very difficult year. You know, we've had COVID-19 to deal with. We've had riots in some of our streets in the cities. Uh, we've had a lot of uncertainty. There's been uncertainty over the election and people being upset on both sides. Um, we, we've had people lose their jobs and people be quarantined and have to live in different ways, not be able to be around their loved ones. And I really feel for the people that have been sick during this time and haven't been able to go into the hospitals and, and hold their loved one hands, whether, whether or not it's COVID-19 or, or kidney disease or cancer or heart attacks, because, you know, life goes on and it hasn't stopped. So this has been a very difficult year, but nevertheless, for each and every person that is hearing my voice right now. We need to be grateful for all the things that God has done for us, and we need to be grateful as we head into this Thanksgiving season and this holiday season. You know, it's time to put 2020 behind us and to begin to praise the Lord. You know, he's going to do things for you in your life. You know, he tests you as you go through trials and tribulations. We're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about praising him today. So let's start with prayer. Father God, we come to you today with gratitude on our hearts. We are grateful to you for breathing life into our lungs and for helping us to endure every trial and tribulation that we go through in this life. Father, we ask that you heal those that are suffering out there. We ask that you comfort and give their families peace. And we ask that you heal our nation and make us one nation under God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, God is so good. He really is. He's just, he's just wonderful. Let's start off with, with Psalm 100. We should always start with the Bible, and we are, we are going to today. Psalm 100 reads, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. 
Amen. You know, God wants to, wherever you're at in your life right now, he wants to, he wants to give you a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. He wants to transform you. The transformative power of Christ is, is incredible. And if you grasp onto it and you let him into your life and you make him your personal Lord and Savior, he'll change you in ways that you can't even imagine. How good is God? Well, we should never forget John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It is this ultimate reassurance provided by our Lord and Savior that provides us hope, his blessed assurance that this life is just a step in the journey to our eternal home. You know, Jesus told us we would always have trials and tribulations as we go through this life. But he's with us every step of the way, and he uses these trials and tribulations. God doesn't waste anything. He uses these trials and tribulations to to make us better, to strengthen our faith, and so that we've walked through something that can help our brother and sister down the road that goes through something similar. God doesn't waste anything. You know, and, and 2020 has tested that. I mean, I, I don't mean to minimize you know, what's going on out there. But God tells us in Isaiah 61, 3, he says, he'll give us beauty for ashes if we just trust in him and believe in him. You know, so many people are upset by the, by the election turmoil. But Romans 13, 1 tells us, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. God's got this. You know, let him take care of things that you can't control. You know, Joe Biden is not my king. Donald Trump is not my king. Jesus Christ is my king, and he is on the throne. And that's what we need to be focused on. You know, we're going into the Thanksgiving season, and and how we think about things, the Bible tells us, and it's so true, how we think about things it really affects our mindset and and how and it affects other people that are around us. You know, if you're praising God, you're singing and praising and worshiping and praising him and spending time with him. And if you have a secret place and you've got a prayer time that you spend time with him, I, I really think it's really hard for somebody to be depressed when they're praising the Lord Almighty. And we're going to get into that in a little bit, too. But Second Corinthians 10.5 tells us we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take Every, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, that is profound, and it's what you need to do. If you're thinking thoughts of discouragement, if you're thinking greed, if you're thinking bad about people, if you're judging them, take those thoughts and hit your knees and pray to Jesus. Take those thoughts into captivity and make them obedient to Christ, who Christ was, humble, a servant, you know, helping other people, healing them bringing joy and, and happiness everywhere he went. You know, Proverbs 23, 7 tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, think about that. That is so profound. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We've all known people that go around grumpy all the time or down all the time or negative all the time, and everything that they come across, they're negative. They, they criticize it. We've all known people like that. As a man thinketh 
in his heart. So is he. Then we know people that are uplifting in our lives, that are wonderful to be around. Our families, our friends that we, we hang out with, you know, that, that, are, that are, have Christ in their heart and joy in their heart. They're like Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. They're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. You know, we need to, we, that's what we need to aspire to. You know, this time of difficulty, it creates a real opportunity for the church. Because there are so many people out there that are living these uncertain lives. And, and they don't know where to turn to. And where they need to turn is to Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. That's what will change their lives. That's the transformative power of Christ. And that's an opportunity. Our churches need to be open. We need to be welcome. We need to be the light of the world, as Jesus told us. We can't just be negative and and thinking bad about everybody and criticizing this and criticizing that. You know, we need to be helpful. We need to be servants. You know, in Romans 12, 2, Paul writes, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do you do that? You spend time with the Lord. You read his word. I'm holding a Bible in my hand, my Bible. You spend time there. You know, God will direct your steps if you're lost, if you're confused, if you don't know what to do. He'll take you to scripture that will help you, that will fit your situation. Read your Bible. Spend time with him every day. That's how you be transformed by the renewing of your mind in prayer, in worship, going to church, being with other believers. You know, we're supposed to to comfort each other, to exhort one another. You know, iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. We need to spend time. You know, maybe, you're, maybe your church isn't open right now because of COVID. Um, but, you know, there, but most churches have small groups, home groups, where maybe you'd feel more comfortable being around a small group of people. You need to be with other believers, but mostly you need to be with him. You know, I'm struck. I was doing a little research on Thanksgiving, and it is a time, as, as we just read, enter his gates with Thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So, you know, Thanksgiving is American in origin. We all know the story. The The pilgrims came, and although some people said it started earlier in Maine, but in any event, early on in our history, uh, people escaped religious persecution and came to, to America, and uh, they had a difficult time at first, as you might expect, anybody moving into the frontier, but they gave thanks when they when they turned the corner and they established a relationship, and they had this something called Thanksgiving. So... President Abraham Lincoln first proclaimed it a national day of Thanksgiving, and he, and he had a proclamation that he put out, Thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Amen. You know, I wish we had more of our leaders would come out and give credit to where credit is due. Our Father, you know, if you're, you're listening to my voice, you, you either were born in this country or you're living in this country. It's the greatest country in the history of the, of the world. We are so blessed. We have so much. And I know people are going through difficult times, but that, look, at what, look at what you're thankful for rather than what you could be bitter about. God wants to transform your heart, I promise you. It, it became a holiday in, in Canada in 1957, and the Canadian Parliament proclaimed Thanksgiving to be, quote, a day of general thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed. We're so blessed in this, in this century that we were born into and in this country that we were born into and this land that we live in. I mean, we have so much opportunity. And again, I don't mean to – you say, Pastor John, well, I'm not in a thankful mood right now. I, I, I got laid off. I, I'm dealing with something. I, I, I lost somebody. So we've, we've had sickness in the household. Well, you know, the book of James tells us in James chapter 1, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith 
produces patience. That's the King James. The NIV uses a different word, which I like, is which produces perseverance. You know, God uses these things to test our faith. In fact, in in First Peter, we learn that our faith is refined like gold and fire, and 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 it strengthens our faith as we go through these things because He wants to see that we're not going to rely on man. We're not going to we're not going to conform to the world. We're going to be renewed by relying on Him and praying to Him and seeking Him for the answers. And James chapter one verse twelve says, "Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test." That person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to all those who love him. Amen. You know, I know that there have been, I heard on the radio on the way over here, 258,000 Americans have lost their lives because of COVID. And so I don't mean to be insensitive to that, but there's something that separates us as believers. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you, you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. In other words, folks, Jesus came and died for our sins. He died for my sins. He died for your sins, each and every person. And he was resurrected. He, he went, was died on the cross, and he was resurrected in three days. And he rose, and he went to prepare a room in his Father's house for us. That's what we have to be thankful for. This life is so transitory. And I know we go through difficult times, and we lose loved ones, and things happen. But we are being prepared. This Bible, life is an open book test. We had, Don't you remember in school when you had open book tests? Boy, that was great you know you could look it up well we've got it if you own a bible and if you don't go get one it's an open book test it gives you all the answers that you need about how to navigate this world and so you know we have this hope for eternal life with him and so it, that's the worst thing we all most of us consider that can happen to us we can die or we can lose a loved one well if jesus christ is our lord and savior there's no reason to grieve we're going to miss them but they're they're in paradise. You know, I read a book a few years back by a pastor in Austin called John Burke, and the book is called Imagine Heaven. And in that book, you know, he goes through near-death experiences. And I don't know if all of them are true, but some of them seem so realistic. And, and they have three common things in these near-death experiences. One, they see the light, the proverbial light that we all hear about. And it's a wonderful light. And, and, you know, that's what we have. A, by the way, we have a, a radio show called Recovery Radio Houston on Saturdays at four. And we start that with God wants you to walk out of the darkness of addiction and walk into his marvelous light. So these people are walking into the marvelous light. That's number one. Number two, they feel a love beyond anything that they've ever experienced on earth. And number three, they don't want to come back. <laughs> They're disappointed when they have to come back. That's what we have to look forward to. We have to we have to look forward with spending paradise, uh, eternity with God in heaven. And so that's a, that's a wonderful thing. So I know it's tough when you lose a loved one, and we've all lost loved ones. Certainly, if you get as old as I am, by by that time you've you've lost people that you love and care about very deeply. But our our mission is the Great Commission. We need to stop worrying and, and being angry at each other and yelling at each other and getting mad about stuff and start p- bringing people into the ark, into the ark of of, of of being salvation. That's what we need to be focused on. And we need to be thankful that we're in that, that we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. 
Remember that song, that part of the psalm, 100 verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, I, I read a story not too long ago about a pastor in San Antonio. And this this pastor was on a on a mission down in Brazil. And he'd been in Brazil a lot. And for, unfortunately, there's a lot of poverty in Brazil. And, and there's a lot of young boys that are on the streets begging. And one day... You know, it's 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 sad because you can't help them all. And one day this little boy came up to him and he had these big eyes and he asked him for some help. And he was just, just such a precious creature that that the pastor said, OK, come with me. And they went to a, a, a bakery shop and the pastor ordered a, a cup of coffee and he told the little boy, buy get whatever you want. And and so the little boy chose some pastries and and he said many times when he'd done things like this. You know, these little boys are scared, and, and they just run off. But in this situation, that little boy stayed, and he wanted to know. He wanted the pastor to know how thankful he was for, for what he had done for him, for the fact that he'd fed him that day. And he looked up at to him. He said his eyes were about at his belt buckle, and he just kept saying, thank you. Gracias, sir. I don't know. In Portuguese, I'm not sure what it is, something similar. But and he, and he just was so thankful. And, and I want to ask you the same question. Are you thankful for what God's done for you today? Are you like so many of those little boys that just run off? You know, something good happens to you, and maybe you say thanks, Lord, and then and then you run off, and and you're not you're not praying to the Lord. You're not. He's not your number one priority. God wants to be the number one priority in your life. You know, there's a similar story in the Bible. If we look at Luke. Uh, chapter 17, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria, Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, Jesus said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus' signature ministry was healing. One of them, and he'll heal you wherever you are today, I promise you. Just give your life to him. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I promise you, if you look at your life, the Lord has done so many things. He kept me safe so many times when I didn't deserve it, just like he's given us all grace that we don't deserve. He is so wonderful. He is so living, loving. We need to give him thanks. You know, the book of Lamentations says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Lamentations 3.23. Did you know, and then let me read one more scripture. In Psalm 35, it says, For his Anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure at night, but joy comes in the morning. Did you know that that's really true neurologically? Did you know through the science of neurogenesis that every morning we have hundreds of thousands of new cells in our brain? That's why people that are addicted to drugs and alcohol can be cured and can and can their brain function can re, can return. God made us self-healing organisms. I mean, it's wonderful. Joy, indeed, neurologically comes in the morning. And you, did you know what else? That spiritual practices enhance the neural functioning of the brain in the in ways that improve physical and emotional health. 
Did you know that the most healthy thing, this has been proven scientifically, the most healthy thing that you can do in your life is intense long-term contemplation of God, reading his word, praying to him, meditating on him. And it helps to structure the parts of the brain that control our moods, give us joy, and give rise to our conscious notions of self. The part of the brain that has empathy for other people is enhanced by spiritual activities more than anything else we do in life. Is that not incredible? God, my friends, is neurologically real, and science is just catching up with the Bible, because the Bible has told us that forever. So Paul writes in, in he says, in, uh, in Philippians, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And what he's talking about, the scripture there is talking about adopting Christ's attitude of unselfishness, servanthood, humility, and obedience. Next week, we're going to talk about transforming your life from pride to humility and from selfishness to, to selflessness or servanthood. You say, how are those related? Well, if we're prideful, all we care about is us, me, 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 me. But when we adopt Jesus's posture of humility, we change and we become servants like him. We're to be Christ-like. That's what the Bible tells us. So, you know, I don't know if you're going to, if you're going to, where you're going to spend Thanksgiving. Some of us are going to spend it with family, and some of us are going to be worried about because we perhaps um, we have greater risk with COVID. We have elderly people in our family, and and we don't want to expose them potentially. You know, that's a personal choice, and I'm not here to to tell you what's right or to judge anybody. But the Bible tells us, you know, so many, I come across in my ministry, I come across so many people that have problems in in their family. And a lot of it has to do, you know, stuff happens in families, folks. We're human beings. There's only been one that's been perfect to walk this earth. So we need to be forgiving of our families. In this Thanksgiving, use this season, whether it's in person or maybe by Zoom or by telephone, to get closer to your family. The Bible tells us all kinds of things about the family. The Bible tells us husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. The Ten Commandments says children, respect and honor your parents. Ephesians 6.4, and fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Proverbs 22.6, train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs seventeen seventeen: a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for the time of adversity. And 1 Timothy 5, 8 says, but if someone does not provide for his own, especially his own family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. It is so important that we be close to our families. That's where our Christianity starts in our family. And then we have our church family. You know, I, I belong to a wonderful church, and now I've started my own church. It's called New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Uh, it's a recovery church, and that's because everyone is recovering from something. But we, we got knocked out of our, our building, so we're, at, we're, we're on Facebook at, and Facebook Live at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights on our Facebook page. Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must all do. Be forgiving in this Thanksgiving season. If you don't know what you're happy about, let me tell you some things from the Bible. We're a child of God, Romans 8.16. We're redeemed from the hands of the enemy, Psalm 107.2. We're forgiven, Colossians 1.13-14. We're saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2.8. We're justified. We're sanctified. We're new creations in Christ. We're delivered from the powers of darkness. We're led by the Spirit of God. We're an heir we're to eternal life he is so wonderful he is so good you know you can join me 
every on Facebook at Sunday nights at 6 p.m. on our Facebook page, New Covenant Church Greater Heights. We'll be back in our building soon, and, and uh, you can you can join us on Recovery Radio Houston. Uh, it, it's on every Saturday at 4 p.m. and I'll be here on Mondays, preaching the Word of the Lord and talking about the transformative power of Christ every Monday at 5:30 p.m. You can go to our website, which is nccgreaterheights.org. And there's, you can contribute to our ministries. You know, Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and that's our mission at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We want to be like Christ. We want to, God's called us, God's done so many good things in our lives, and we're going to talk more about that in the future, about how I walked out of the darkness and into his glorious light. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next Monday at 530. We love you here at the transformative power of Christ, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Amen.